there is no reason in the world why this judge needs to weigh in on this. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I have reached your verdict. Hi, I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, and this episode of Right Angles brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. If you've not yet done so, now's the time to let us know how much you appreciate this program. and want to make sure that you see every last one of them. You can subscribe on whatever platform you're watching. You can vote us up or vote us down if you want to. And uh, feel free to comment. Uh, believe it or not, some of us still read those. Thank you very much for doing that. It really helps. Uh, Bill Whittle, Stephen Green, um, there's a story in the news today that uh, Sarah Palin, who has sued the New York Times uh, for libel, um, the jury has gone out to deliberate on this case. And the judge, a Judge Rakoff, or perhaps his name is pronounced Rakoff, um, has decided that he will dismiss the case while the jury is out for deliberation. I don't want to get into the details of why she's suing or whether she's going to be successful in the suit, uh, but Stephen Green, I find this mystifying that a judge would allow a jury to sit through a week or so of trial, send them out to deliberate, and then decide uh, that he's going to dismiss the case when they get back. And here's what he says, by the way, allowing the jury, and, and I'm paraphrasing what it, the thinking behind the judge's actions, Allowing the jury to finish its work would benefit an appeals court when it reviews the case and potentially help to avoid the need for a retrial if his decision, if the judge's decision is overturned. All sounds very reasonable, doesn't it, Steve? Not to me. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but I've sat on on a jury. And I have to tell you, if I had come back from three days of deliberation only to have the judge say that he'd thrown the case out based on the thing that those 11 other people in me were supposed to be the ones deciding, I would be miffed. And as an American who has maybe some issues with how libel is determined in this country, I'm definitely miffed. Um, I appreciate the fact that the judge accepts the fact that Maybe he shouldn't have done this and understands that this is going to go to appeal probably or that he might have given Sarah Palin cause to uh, to take this to trial again. There's no double jeopardy here. It's a civil case. Um, but when the judge says that, it, 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 it's like he's pulling the rug out from underneath himself, which is not an easy task to do. Um, but the bigger issue here is our, our libel law, which is decided by the Supreme Court in Sullivan versus the New York Times. And that's the one without any real legal precedent or uh, precedent in law um, set the standard for an absence of malice. So as long as you weren't mean about getting the story wrong, then you can't be held liable for any damages you caused to this to this famous person. Um and that absence of malice, uh, it just it reminds me of the old uh, radio program. And I'm, I'm technically I'm not old enough to remember this. So just I'm a bit of a historian. You know, uh, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Only the shadow knows. Well, we don't have a shadow. Nobody knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men. And if a news organization wants to act maliciously, they're not going to leave a paperwork trail for you to prove it because they're malicious. That's what you do when you're acting with malice, a forethought. You cover your tracks because you know what you're doing is wrong. So essentially, it's it's an impossible bar to clear, which is why there are damn near zero successful libel cases in this country, even though nobody on the left and nobody on the right 
basically thinks that our media does a good job or is particularly honest or even trustworthy. So with the bar set this high, um, we've, we've set ourselves up for a corrupt media. And I think we have one, which is why nobody likes it and why viewership and readership has been declining and declining and declining for years and years and years. Uh, I would like to propose a new standard. I'm not sure how this could be done, but instead of absence of malice, which is essentially impossible to prove. What about a standard instead of due diligence? Did did you and your editor do everything you reasonably could to get the story right? And if you didn't, <clears throat> better start writing checks, big boy. Well, Bill Whittle, I could see a judge uh, looking at this case, having heard all the evidence and all the witnesses and it reviewed the documents um, and sending the jury off to deliberate pondering this and saying, you know what, it really doesn't matter what the jury says because I'm an expert in the law. I'm a judge. I was an attorney before this. I went to law school. I Harvard make it probably. my life to study these things deeply. And it's not, I'm not some sort of uh, elitist who thinks I'm meritorious due to my birth or something like that. I've devoted myself to the study of the law. This case, prima facie, should be thrown out. And so I'm going to do that. And I'll justify leaving them out for their deliberations just in case some court tries to tinker with what I think is the right thing here. But uh, what's wrong? with this expert in the law saying, I'm going to basically trump the jury because they aren't experts in the law. I'm not uh, meritorious because of my birth. I'm meritorious because of the school that I went to, which was determined by my birth. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the Steve said that the, in doing this, the judge basically pulled the rug out from under himself. He did a lot more than that. He pulled the rug out from underneath our entire system of law. And furthermore, he pulled the rug out against the entire idea of self-governance. And this is yet another example of what we are seeing more and more every day. It, it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer that, that we are now in a, in a very serious struggle with people who believe that they know better than the than the population in terms of how to govern themselves. And I think this judge needs to needs to be removed from office. He needs to be disbarred because it's pretty simple really. We have a jury of peers to determine guilt or innocence. Let me just break this down for those of you who may not be familiar with the concept. We have no way of knowing the truth. We don't have a perfect lie detector test. We're not able to go back in time and see what happened. We don't know what the truth is. And it was decided hundreds of years ago, well before the founding of America, that the best way to get to whether the truth, at least get, get as close as you possibly can to the truth without actually knowing the truth, is not to have one person issue an opinion, but to have 12 people from approximately the same background as the person who's committed, or, or at least been accused of the crime, have those 12 people use their own personal life experience to see whether or not this seems likely that this person committed this crime. This is called trial by jury, and it goes back a long way. And prior to that, you had trial by declaration, the king or the, or the duke or the, or the, or the whoever, the, the, the Shah or the emperor would just say, no, you're guilty and there you go. 
This this is a profound disrespect for uh, not only for the republic, not only for the rule of law, but it's a, it, it is an indication of just how diseased these elitists have become for one judge to say that I am going to determine the outcome of this trial, even though the reason that there's a trial is so that it can go to the jury. What do you even need the jury for? He says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let them finish deliberations, but I've already decided. Well, then why do we even need a jury? Why don't we all just get rid of that jury obligation that we have and just let judges decide all the issues? We have one guy who's a professional law decider, and he can make a decision taking probably three or four minutes in the case of a murder trial because he's an expert and he went to Harvard and he knows what the law is. Why, why, why even have a jury of your peers if there are no peers, Right. For this guy, a jury of his peers would be a jury of other judges who, who went to the same school as him and are able, who, who think that they're able to determine the truth, but they are so far away from average human experience, they haven't got a clue. Now, as far as the actual case goes, just very quickly, Sarah Palin was, was suing them for slander, a libel rather, because they had printed that Sarah Palin was somehow involved in, in, in um, agitating people to shoot uh, Gabby Gifford. Okay. And after they published this, they retracted it, but but the damage had already been done. So look, there are 10 commandments, Scott, and the ninth one is thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor. It's not like God needed to throw an extra one in there just to make it a round 10. It was important enough to be included as a list of 10 things that you should not do. So I agree with Steve. It's a, it's a question of, it, it's almost irrelevant whether they knew it or not. They should have known it. They had an obligation to know it before they made the accusation. If I accuse somebody of being a child molester publicly and I damage that person's reputation, then I had better have evidence of that or else I should be held criminally liable for defaming that person because I'm not going to lower the language by saying it's an assault on that person, but it's certainly an attack. And it's done damage and it's done harm. And if you don't hold people responsible for things, then you're just going to get more of it. If we didn't have laws against murder, we'd have more murder. We already see what happens when we don't have laws against looting or crime or anything. Just go in and take what you want, whatever. This is the end of civilization as we know it. If we don't make a stand for this right now, if the people are not capable of governing themselves, then our entire theory of, of, of people is wrong. And I believe they are capable, so we'd better get rid of the people who don't believe in this idea, and we better do it as fast as we can. When the framers of the U.S. Constitution were debating the draft of the Constitution, they, uh, many of them insisted that there be uh, trial by jury in criminal cases. Some of the so-called anti-federalists protested that they should also add in that there should be a guarantee of trial by jury in civil cases, and that by not stating it, you were implying that it did not exist. If you said that it was, you got trial by jury in criminal cases, but you didn't say it in civil cases, uh, therefore... It must not be guaranteed in, in civil cases. Uh, eventually, um, an amendment to the Constitution passed that also guaranteed it in, in civil cases as well. But there were some of the so-called, I, I always say so-called because I don't believe they were really anti-federalists, but <laughs> that was a slur. Uh, the so-called anti-federalists who withheld their support for the draft of the Constitution because uh, of the fact that it didn't guarantee trial by jury in civil cases. And in our day, we probably wonder, well, what's the big deal? 
Isn't it good that we have cases of law decided by people who are experts at law? I mean, shouldn't that shouldn't that be even better than a trial by jury? Instead of putting together a panel of 12 people, uh, many of whom don't want to be there, but they're the people who, you know, were least effective at communicating that they didn't want to be there uh, because the ones who were most effective aren't there. Um, so they, people have gotten themselves excused from the jury. And so you wind up with these people who have got time on their hands, but not necessarily expertise in evaluating the law. And here they are to make these weighty decisions. Well, the reason why this was so important to the framing generation is because they had seen what could happen if you turned over the administration of the law, the judicial uh, branch of that, to the hands of politicians alone. Then decisions get made for political reasons, not for reasons based on the actual evidence or the truth or falseness of a claim. And so they wanted to insist that a jury of their peers, not just the, the politicians who had a vested interest in being able to render decisions in certain ways, a jury of your peers would convene and would hear the facts of this case and then would break up and not be together again probably ever, for any kind of joint action. And that seemed a, a, a better palladium for their liberties, a better security that guaranteed their freedom than anything else that they could imagine. And so that's fundamentally the problem with this case, with the judge saying, okay, I've decided I'm going to throw the case out. I'm going to let the jury go through the charade of deliberating here just in case things don't go well for me down the line. At least we will avoid a retrial because we will have already had all this stuff documented. Um, that's 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 nonsense. There, there is no reason in the world why this judge needs to weigh in on this. His job in the trial is to make sure that the conduct of the trial is appropriate under the under the law, so that you know people are following legal. Uh, proper procedures as they present their cases and as they refute those cases and all of that. He's kind of the referee to make sure that the game runs properly. And who would be watching a football game if halfway through the game they said, look, we're going to let the players play out the rest of the game. But frankly, the line judge has already decided that the game is over and Cincinnati wins. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch that game uh, because nobody can trust the outcome. Who's going to serve on a jury if you think that when you go in there, you could literally spend a week or more deliberating an important case and pouring your heart and mind into that decision only to get back to the courtroom and find out, oh, somebody's already decided for me. And you guys just frittered away your time for nothing. You know, here's your stipend and, you know, you thanks for the hoagies and I'm going home now. Um, this is ridiculous. And uh, I don't know what the proper punishment is for such a judge. I mean, uh, Bills doesn't seem unreasonable. It should be at least considered. Uh, but to me, it's not even the merits of this particular case that's the most significant thing. The most significant thing here is that the judge stepped into the place of the jury, essentially ejected them from the jury box and said, I'm the jury here. I'm a jury of one. And that's not the way this country was founded. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 